0: All right, uh, fair warning to everybody, I'm going to start off pretty vulnerably. So in February of 2016, I was in my sophomore year at Gordon um, and my parents invited me home uh, for a weekend just so we want you home and um, we had dinner with my grandmother and uh, during that, that night um, with dinner with my grandmother, uh, me and my siblings were told that my grandmother uh, had cancer and she was given one to two years uh, to live. So I prayed for a miracle. I prayed that um, something miraculous would happen, that the cancer would just disappear. Um, I prayed that at the very least, um, she would make it you know, closer to that two-year mark uh, so that she could see me graduate. I wanted her to see um, one last milestone um, from me um, as well as my sister graduating high school at the same time. Um, so she had six months of, um, different complications, was in and out of the hospital. And, um, in July of 2016, she passed away. And it left me with a lot of questions. What do we do when God seems like he's not answering our prayers uh, maybe your unanswered prayer isn't about a family member, but maybe um, it's about uh, a job that you wanted to get. Or maybe a relationship that didn't work out. Or maybe something as simple as um, praying for you know Hillsong or Bethel tickets and, and not getting it. Uh, but there's, there's always times in our lives where uh, we pray for something and it doesn't work out the way that we want. So what exactly do we mean by unanswered prayers? Because we are getting an answer. It's just not the answer that we want or uh, the timing of that answer is not in the way that we wanted it. And there's a lot of passages uh, in the Bible that talk about uh, God listening and responding to the prayers of his people. Uh, there's Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two, 22, uh, which says, Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt not only can you do what is done to this fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Uh, John, or 1 John 5.14 says, In this confidence we have an approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And then 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So we see multiple times where it says in the Bible, and there's plenty more, where God says that he hears and answers prayer. But there's two caveats that are mentioned in these verses um, that I want to talk about. So the first is faith. And I think we as Christians, uh, if you are a believer here, we have faith, you know, that's kind of a given to, to being a Christian. We have faith in God. Um, I think sometimes this can be overemphasized when we talk about unanswered prayers or just prayer in general, uh, where, you know, something doesn't happen the way that we want. It's just, oh, you didn't have enough faith when you prayed for it. And I think that that is true at times. Um, but I think we sometimes overemphasize that, um, You know, there may may be times where we're not truly believing that God can do what we're asking him to do. So I do think it's important to examine yourself in prayer and and ask yourself, am I really believing for for what it is that I'm asking? But what about God's will? What about about God's will? Well, we've been going through the Lord's Prayer. So if you want to turn or look on the screen to um, Matthew 6... We're going to look at the same verse that we looked, for, looked at uh, last week, which is uh, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we talked more about the earlier half about um, asking for God's kingdom to come last week. But today we're going to be looking more at that second half. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And do we know what it is that we're asking for here? We're asking for God's will to be done on earth as it, is he- as it is in heaven. Now, what is God's relationship to heaven? He's the king of heaven. He says something and it gets done. He asks, he tells the angels to do something, it gets done. He speaks and it happens. He is the absolute ruler of heaven. And he is the absolute ruler of earth as well. So what we are doing is we are reinviting God for his will to be done for him to be the absolute ruler in heaven on on earth as well as heaven and if God is the good and loving being that he says he is in the rest of the bible then his will is in our best interest it is the best for the earth it is the best for heaven it is the best for his people. And we see this in, in Romans 828, among others. I'm not going to read them, but it, it does say that God's will is for his people. Now, as John said last week, everything that God has done since the fall is to bring to restore everything to Shalom, to peace with his creation. Now I don't know exactly how this works. Um, because there are so many things in this world that don't seem peaceful, they, it doesn't look like there's shalom. Um, but that is what the drive is, and we see at the end of the at the end of the Bible in Revelation um, that God will eventually restore everything and and bring that shalom. But so then, what what do we what do we do with this? With this, this will, uh, we know that it's for our best interests. But we, it's, sometimes it's hard to see. Um, how do how do we relate that to to our prayers? Now, I was reading um, Oswald Chambers, his his uh, devotional, "My Utmost for His Highest." He was a late nineteenth, early twentieth century uh, evangelist, uh, and he says this at the end of his devotional for September sixteenth. Um, he's just been talking about prayer. Um, and going through uh, actually the earlier part of, ver- of chapter 6 um, when it talks about, you know, praying um, in, in your room and, and all of this. He says, uh, everyone who asks receives, which is in verse, probably should have looked at this before. Uh, okay, he's quoting a different verse, I'm sorry. But he, he does, say, God does say that everyone who asks receives. Uh, We pray religious nonsense without even involving our will, and then we say that God did not answer. But in reality, we have never asked for anything. So he's referencing uh, this part in the beginning when uh, the pagans are babbling and just talking, uh, trying to use a magic word uh, to get their God to answer their prayer. Jesus says in John 15, 7, You will ask for what you desire. So asking means that our will must be involved. Now, I'm mentioning this because, you know, there's no magic word when we pray for God's will to be done or when we pray for for something that we want to see happen. uh, There's no magic word that we can use to get God to do what we want him to. Um, But what God is asking, our will must be involved. So God is asking that we are honest with him, that we pray for the things that we earnestly desire. The goal is of prayer is fellowship with Christ. And this is really what that section of what that devotional is all getting at. Uh, When we pray, we are looking to fellowship with Christ, which means pouring out what we want to see happen. So how are we supposed to act in light of this? Uh, There are some things that might be easy to pray for and, and just... It doesn't happen. You just say, "Okay, maybe it's probably those, you know, Bethel tickets uh, that you didn't get." And It's like, "Okay, well, I didn't get that. That's fine." Um, but there are some things that are, are a lot harder to let go of, um, and you know, both with my example, but we also even see this in in the Scripture, uh, in in the Book of Lamentations. Uh, now, I would recommend to you all um, this book. I'm going to borrow a couple ideas from. It. It's called Prophetic Lament by Sung Chan Ra. Uh, it's a very good book on Lamentations, and, and the the goal of Lamentations, um, it, it's you know kind of rides a great line between a commentary on the book, but also um, is very engaging and speaks to to now. And what we learn in Lamentations is that it's okay to talk with God through our struggles. That is what the book of Lamentations is, and and um, Sung Chan Ra talks about it's a, a funeral dirge that. Uh, the prophet Jeremiah is writing uh, after the fall of, of Jerusalem. And Jeremiah had been working as a prophet, praying for his people that they would turn back to God uh, from all of this evil that they were doing. And they never do. And so Jerusalem gets ransacked by Babylon and they go in, the, the Israelites go into exile. And so that's what Jeremiah is doing. He is lamenting this fall of Jerusalem, this once great city. Uh, of God. And what we also learn is that it's okay to be, it's okay to talk through God. It's okay to feel your emotions. You know, sometimes I think we get a little wrapped up in, um, we have to showcase the fact that we have joy in the Lord. And that is true. But joy, that joy is something deeper. That doesn't mean that we don't feel sad sometimes. That mean, doesn't mean we don't feel angry sometimes uh, at what we see or what, what God has not done in this world uh, to this point. Or, or, you know, or, or at the evil that is in this world. You know, God doesn't want us to hide our disappointment. He wants us to be honest with him. He desires that fellowship, that vulnerability with God. And the other thing about Lamentations is that it's a community lament. It's meant to be written for a community to lament together. So it's not just Jeremiah writing this for himself. He's writing it for those who are left over in Jerusalem or those who are looking back on the fall of Jerusalem to lament together as a community. So we're not trying to withdraw. Sometimes when we are sad, when we're angry, we feel the need to withdraw. And sometimes that is necessary, but... You might need to do that for a time, but the goal is to engage with the community. You know, it it can be very difficult to talk to somebody about that disappointment that God did not answer a prayer of yours. I I know that I've experienced that. I I experienced that with my grandmother, um, that... Last half of the summer, beginning of, of the next school year, it was difficult for me to be vulnerable with people. But once I was, once I engaged with my community, and once I engaged with God, it felt, I felt a lot better. So there's that aspect of, of engaging with your community. But then sometimes God also decides to respond to an unanswered prayer. And we see that in Second Corinthians 12. And this is something that I originally was thinking about including. I wasn't sure. And it, had some, it was something that was on my mind. But then when I was talking with, with Katie and Ben, um, when they looked at my sermon, they were like, oh, you should talk about this. And I was like, okay, I think this is something that God is trying to uh, speak into it. So let me turn to Second Corinthians 12. So that's section 7 through 10. It says that... Actually, I'll just, I'll just start in 8 through 10. So three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it. This thorn, Paul is talking about a thorn in his side. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. When we are in pain when we're grieving, or even when things are good and we are satisfied with our life. We are relying on God for our strength. Paul goes on to say, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong." So God is always answering our prayers. It just might not be in the way that we initially want. We don't always know why God doesn't answer our prayers in the way, in the way that we want Him to, um, but we can be confident that He is good and that He wants what is best for His people. You know, I still don't know why God didn't answer my prayers for my grandmother. I, I, I don't—it's I, not something I understand— um, but I do trust that God's will is what is best for the community, what it, it is perfect, just like he is perfect. One thing I did learn is that when I decided to engage with my emotions and engage with my community, my family, my friends, uh, my relationships with, with them and with God, it really helped me through that difficult time. So the, what, what the Bible is indicating Our responses should not be one of withdrawing when we don't get the answer we want, but it is a pressing into community, a community with God and a community with others, and engaging the emotions and feelings that come up as a result of disappointment, just like we tend to do when God answers prayers in ways that we did want. We tend to praise God. We tend to thank him for answering our prayers and we can do the same thing when he doesn't answer them. He is asking, he is desiring for that relationship. Now, I know that's a lot. There's a lot to consider. There's a lot of, of different moving parts when it comes to unanswered prayer. But if there's nothing else that I want you to hear, it's that God is listening to you and that it's okay to engage with God when you're disappointed. So maybe uh, for you, this is um, something that you've struggled with, where you've heard maybe that, oh, I didn't get this prayer answered because I didn't have enough faith. Or maybe you heard, um, or or maybe you've been disappointed in, in not seeing God answering prayers in the ways that you want. I invite you to engage with those emotions. I invite you to remember that God's will is what is sovereign. God's will is perfect, and it is best for his people. And so if you need to talk through that um, with somebody here or with a friend, um, I invite you to do that. And maybe this is something that in general you might be struggling with, where you, maybe you don't trust that God is good and that God's will isn't what is best for you. Um, feel free where there's going to be people that are up here, I'll be here, um, that are willing to pray for you. And, yeah. So we we, we want to pray, we want to engage in community um, through the disappointment, through the pain, the grieving, whatever it might be, whatever you might be thinking about. Uh, God wants to hear from you, and he wants you to press into your community.
1: Thanks, Pat, for sharing that word. So there's an opportunity here to engage. And it's, it's not something that's meant to be forced or anything like that. But uh, the opportunity is in, to engage with Jesus, as, as Patrick was saying, right? To embrace the disappointment and to bring it to the Lord. There's also an opportunity to engage in community and to talk about that as well. So what could that look like right now? Well, maybe it's you dialoguing with the Lord. Maybe you're journaling, or maybe you're sitting in your chair, and you're asking him, what does he want to say to you about that? Maybe there's an opportunity for you to come up the front. Maybe you want to engage with some others um, and pray with them about those disappointments. There's just an opportunity, though, ultimately to just go to the Lord with it. He knows what you're going through. And sometimes it's easy for us to kind of passively experience church. But I just want to invite you to engage with him on whatever level he's speaking to you about we're going to enter into a response time here with the worship song and